Are you looking or thinking about hiring a marketing agency to generate more leads for your business? How do you go about it? What does this good look like? And how do you ensure they're a good fit for your business? In this show, we're going to go behind the scenes with a marketing agency and answer those questions and more. It's time to love your business with Love Your Business TV. Here's your host, Adrian Peck. Hello, and like the lovely lady says, I am Adrian Peck. I am the founder and owner of Better Never Sops. The reason I get up every day is to inspire and empower ambitious entrepreneurs like you to build successful and sustainable businesses that make a meaningful and positive impact on the world. So I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by Stacey Kehoe. Stacey is the founder of Brand Elective Communications, an award-winning marketing agency based in London. Uh, not only that, she is a keynote speaker. Not only that, she is the author of the number one best-selling book, Get Online, Six Simple Steps to Launching a Digital Marketing Strategy for the Non-Tech Savvy. Not only that, she is a fellow podcaster. And not only that, she's an amazing, all-round, fabulous person. So I'm so, so thrilled to have you on the show, Stacey, uh, and welcome. Uh, just give us a little bit of background, Stacey, about really uh, your journey and how you got into doing what you're doing. Hi, Adrian. Thank you very much for having me. Very pleased to be here. Um, yeah, so I own a digital marketing agency now, but I suppose what led me to starting that, uh, starting the business was actually um, a series of redundancies, not an uncommon story. Um, I actually had been working in with a lot of financial institutions in the city of London, um, and I actually suffered three redundancies in the space of just over 12 months back between 2007 2008 uh, during the recession, which is obviously pretty crazy and um, awful thing to have to go through. Um, but it was at that time where I was like, right, I don't want to leave I guess my future opportunities up to anybody else. I wanted more control. So I actually decided to take control and firstly became self-employed. Um, and I worked actually in sales. Sales was my background when I used to work in financial institutions in the corporate travel industry. Um, so I started off doing uh, sales and that eventually led me into a marketing role within a business. So I was a contractor, um, did some successful work with that business and to the point where they were actually being approached by their competitors. Uh, their competitors wanted to know what were they doing? How were they doing it? How were they managing to have this breakthrough? Yeah. Um, and my boss very kindly at the time introduced me to them uh, and said, I think you should help them, which I thought was crazy. I was like, why would you want me to help your competitors? But she had this vision for the industry, which was to raise it up and, and to really shine a light on all the positive work that these direct sales agencies were doing. Um, and so she said to me, as long as you can stay on a full-time contract with us, I would encourage you to also do some freelance work with them, which I did. And before I knew it, I had about eight freelance clients and then thought, actually, you know what, this is more than just a self-employment opportunity. This is more like a business. Uh, and so by late 2011, I incorporated my agency, Brand Active Communications, and that was born. Great stuff. I, and you clearly you're enjoying it. You have great passion for it. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love people, right? And I think that's why I always enjoyed sales so much because I get to really get in there with people, understand the challenge, understand the problem, find the solution for them. And marketing is very much the same. It's just higher up the pipeline, right? So it's getting the information and the 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 business or the product or the service in front of the right people. So yeah, love it. Fantastic. So as you know, we're, we're doing a series of uh, these podcasts and, and shows around um, the business owner's guide uh, to the questions you should be asking. And we're kind of dot, dot, dot. And today we want to talk obviously all the stuff marketing. And we want to give you quite a grilling today because I think a lot of business owners kind of see, um, you know, marketing is kind of smoke and mirrors and never quite know what good looks like. So what we want to do is kind of imagine that, you know, we turned you from uh, from poacher to gamekeeper and you're now sitting on the other side of the fence so you're now a business owner and you are uh, going to kind of uh, recruit a marketing agency to come and work for you we want to kind of drill into some of those questions uh, but the first yeah. one I wanted to open up with really is you know you see a lot of business owners and you know through all your time now of working with them what's the one big mistake that you see business owners kind of making all the time around marketing what's the kind of big what's the big number one yeah, big mistake. I think the biggest challenge or the biggest mistake a lot of businesses make is actually hiring an internal marketing person too soon. And you might be saying, well, of course you would say that you're an agency and <laughs> you want people to stay with agencies. But I have really seen it be a big mistake for a lot of businesses. And the reason it often is a big mistake is often the cost of the salary of a one marketing person is equally a agency retainer fee. And the beauty, I guess, of the agency is that you actually get access to talent across every part of the marketing funnel. Whereas I've actually personally never come across somebody, one person that can fulfill that. So um, yeah, I'd say, for example, a lot of people will hire a a marketing manager or a marketing um, associate or something internally and expect that they can build a website manage content, be a great copywriter, write ads, understand paid search, understand SEO, be a graphic designer, um, write funnels, write emails, use the technology. Um, if that person exists, I would love to recruit them. Um, I've run an agency for nine years and never, ever have I found one person that can deliver an entire marketing funnel. It very much is a, you know a broad range of skills. Um, so yeah, I think that's the biggest challenge. I, I deal with agencies, businesses all the time that have done that, have sort of got to a point where, I don't know, they've maybe just hit that million pound turnover a little bit more and think I've got a team of, you know, 10, 12 people. Now I should have an internal marketing person. And most cases that I've come across that hasn't worked and they end up returning to an agency at some point. So I think that's probably the biggest mistake I see a lot of businesses make. Yeah, and I, I think you're absolutely spot on as well as in terms of I don't think people quite understand the complexities of marketing now and the the different platforms. And I know one of my clients, for instance, um, where he is move, using um, Amazon and eBay, uh, they're still that although they are they seem like online selling, actually the complexity between just those two platforms is enough. You need some speciality in knowing those platforms and knowing how to get the best out of them. When, you know, when you're starting to really trying to drill into those percentages and move that stuff up, you can't just be, uh, I think, that kind of Swiss army knife anymore. It's just, it's just no. too complicated, isn't it? And it really is. Swiss yeah. Swiss I, I mean, I, as I say, I would love if I could find someone who could do it all, that would be incredible. But 
Um, you know, I think you, you can find those people who have the knowledge, of, a broad knowledge, and can look at strategy for the business, of course. But in terms of the technical skill and the complexity of the skill of actually delivering the service, I think is is a multitude of people, really. Yeah, absolutely. Indeed. Yeah. And some of those platforms now are even just like Google AdWords and stuff like that now is so oh, complicated to actually use. It's, yeah. you know, it, that is, uh, is that. Okay, brilliant. So that, that's kind of the big mistake then. So um, the um, we're now going to kind of turn it on its head then. So you are now sitting beside a business owner and you've, uh, you know, you've got this kind of beauty parade of, of marketing agents in front of you and you're yes. now going to... Um, help a business owner recruit a marketing agency. So we're going to say mm. we're going to kind of turn that poacher into gamekeeper. What's the what's the kind of um let's kind of go through sort of three different questions really about what is it you do in terms of helping them? What's the um what's the kind of number one thing that you go, okay, this is uh this is the one thing we must ask them and or kind of get across or you know in terms of that recruitment process. Yeah, I think one of the first questions I think is understanding how the agency looks at building the target audience or understanding the buying persona, or we would call it a customer avatar, Um, understanding their process. Because if you, for example, were chatting to somebody and they just said, you know, okay, we understand your demographic is 55-year-old women in this location. That is nowhere near deep enough to be able to run an effective strategy. So I would be asking, you know, what is the process for building that customer avatar or the audience persona? Um, Your marketing strategy really is only as good as how well you understand that customer and how mean, you know, how meaningful and inspiring, I suppose, your communications are to getting their their interest. Um, There's lots of different ways to build an avatar. So I don't want to say that there's there's one strict way that you have to do it. But the question I would be asking is, what is their process? Is it that they are looking at doing some market research, holding market research groups so they can really understand the exact demographic? Is it that they will be sending out a questionnaire, interview questions to a pool of 100 customers to to really understand every single insight about that customer? Um, I will always be looking for I think it's a joint effort. I don't think it's something that an agency can do on their own. Um, you know, the business itself is going to have so much insight and so much knowledge into customers that have purchased from them in the past. So yeah. not including the business in that process, I think is, you know, would strike alarm bells for me. I'd be looking for, you know, how are we utilizing the knowledge that they already have within their team um, to build, make it a joint effort, really. This should be a partnership. That's what it should be when you're building, you know, when you're partnering with an agency. Um, and so it's not about just completely outsourcing it. It's about how do we work collaboratively. Yeah, yeah, because in the end, it's you that, as a business owner, you're the one and you and your business, you know who it is you're already dealing with. Totally, yeah. It's your kind of almost your job as as the agency to kind of play almost like the uh, the detective of actually unclicking all the clues of actually then how do you start grouping those people together and how do you identify them as a group, as a target, um, not just, well, it's, otherwise it's too it's too broad and it's not wide enough. Um, Definitely. And I think it's one of those things where it's like, you know, challenges and problems, you know, mar- as marketers, we're always talking about those, right, which sounds really negative, but actually it's pain that motivates purchase decisions. You know, when people yeah. feel pain, they make a purchase decision. So it's about figuring out what is the language actually that that customer is using and how can we use that same language 
to integrate that into some of the communications as part of the marketing process. Um, perfect example of this is you and I obviously were talking offline before we got started today, and I use the term customer avatar. You would use the term target audience. So if I'm advertising and I'm saying customer avatar, customer avatar, but actually you're my customer and you're like, I don't even know what that means. I'm thinking target audience. Something as small as that can actually lose you a sale. So it's really making sure that you're using the language, the thought process, the challenge, the problem that that customer has in order to run an effective campaign. Um, So I want to know the process. What is the process that agency digs into to actually understand that audience, that customer, Um, more so than just a blanket, we'll we'll build you an avatar. What does that mean? Yeah, absolutely. Because the other part, of course, is that if if you don't get that target market right, you end up with the phone ringing or the email starts pinging and you start getting these leads in and you're going, actually, these are customers I don't really want. And yeah, going, oh, exactly. Kind of, well, know, that, I think know. it's a great point, actually, because what if the customer has changed? Um, we've experienced this, you know, throughout this pandemic, the lockdown period. Actually, consumer behavior has changed so much that your actual demographic may have shifted quite considerably. So while you may believe your customer is a certain type of person, unless you're regularly checking in and actually looking at data, looking at insights to understand, has that shifted? Has that changed? Has the way they think or make make purchases shifted or changed? Um, you could be absolutely marketing to the wrong people, which is yeah, yeah. what nobody uh, wants. <laughs> and you're, again, you're spot on around that partnership bit because the other part to it is it's around the perception to reality within, within inside the company of actually how profitable these customers are as well. Because you okay. might think that this is the customer you want. It's not until you start drilling to those numbers and actually realize that these ones, you thought you were making this much margin on them. And actually, by the time you deliver your service and stuff, actually, it wasn't as simple as that. And there's actually this pool of customers is actually more profitable. So it's kind of Absolutely. that's where that partnership comes in, really, isn't it? I think so too. Yeah. And I I think, you know, just I could go down a real rabbit hole with this, but I think <laughs> it's also discuss, you know, it's thinking, identifying the, the channels you should be using, right? Because this is, I guess, if we go back to marketing mistakes, another really big challenge that businesses make is they choose the channels they like or they're comfortable with. Yeah. And they're not necessarily always looking at what the customer is doing. Um, social media is a very simple way of explaining this where, you know, a client, for example, might feel really, really comfortable with Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, so they use those platforms. However, their customers are actually using Instagram and Pinterest. So, you know, you can do all the marketing in the world, but you're on the wrong platform. (laughs) So, um, it's really about, yeah, partnership, really digging down, not making assumptions, right? Assumptions, I think are the worst things that any business can make. assuming that something is the same as it was five years ago or, or in this case in 2020 it's as far as last year it's it's really not the same so you need to be looking at that regularly fantastic okay so the first one is then is, is how they go around the process of um, as i call it defining their target market and you've yes. got avatars and uh, personas so what what's the next bit so you've got that's kind of ticked off you're happy with that what's what's the next yeah. one then one question i think is great is can this agency show you an example of a customer buying journey from another client they're working with? It's a slightly different way of asking for a case study. Um, What I'd be looking for here is you don't just want to be handed a case study or a testimonial because 
I know as an agency, I'm going to show you my best work. (laughs) So um, that doesn't necessarily give you great insight actually into their processes and the way that they think. So I think by asking them to show you a sample of a customer buying journey of a current existing campaign that they're running is a really amazing way of getting insight into how they work. So you know, having that journey really planned out is the cornerstone of any inbound marketing strategy. So it's really important. Um, you want to be looking at, you know, everything from the, how are they driving awareness at the top of the funnel, right through to building consideration, the educate and nurture phase, what's the prompt to take action right through to conversion. Um, and that looking at that blueprint just gives you so much insight, I guess, into how they're running an existing campaign. Um, and if they're even willing to talk you through some of the challenges or things that they've changed, I think that gives a lot of insights because I think case studies are great. Of course, we love to see them. We want to see them. That's an obvious thing to ask for, but I think getting a little bit deeper than that and just looking at what's the process before mapping out that journey is really, really important. So, so kind of, okay. So, so the, the customer journey bit is a little bit of jargon, but in terms of okay. non-marketing speak, no, and it's fine. But in terms of the non-marketing speak, it's about actually take me through how you kind of onboard, um, how would you onboard me as a, as a client and how would we then go through these steps? Because obviously as a yeah, client. It's more, about, it's more about the way that you're running a campaign and targeting the audience. So if you think about that first piece, we've talked about the customer avatar, that target audience, right? Yeah. Then we're thinking about the journey that audience will go on to making a purchase decision. Because okay. unfortunately, while we would all love to just put a post out on social media or to run an ad or to send one email and to get a click through and a purchase, the reality is that's not very common. No, <laughs> so, surely not. Shock horror. Unfortunately, yeah, not anymore. Not anymore, my friend. So it's very much about, you know, figuring out what is that, what does the journey look like, right? So the first part of it is awareness. So do they, are they aware that you even exist? Yeah. So branding, you know, who are you as a business, top level, right? Top level of the pipeline. Then you're moving down into that consideration phase where they're thinking, okay, this is a, a business I could do business with, or that they've got a product that I want to buy. Um, but they're doing that sort of research to understand. Then it's the educate, you know, educate why should they buy your product over somebody else's. Then there's a little prompt action, so a signal that they maybe, maybe that's clicking through to the site, maybe that's downloading something off the website, maybe it's making a really small purchase before they move on to one of your bigger products, whatever it is. Um, So it's understanding that journey that they will go on and understanding the tactics that you as an agency are going to be using to nurture that pipeline, right? Because the awareness piece might, I'm going, every business is different and every product or service is different, but it might look something like this. At the awareness phase, um, it's all about traffic to site, right? So it could be running Google ads, paid search, um, traffic to the site. Then the consideration phase might be retargeting them with some kind of social advertising. So retargeting them with Facebook ads, for example, Um, putting a blog in front of them that they then click through. That's further education, putting a video in front of them for that education phase. Um, Only at that point, once they've watched, you know, a video, they've read a couple of blogs that you then ask them to opt into the email, for example, or download something, then you're nurturing them. So once you've mapped out the journey, then you think about the tactics that you're using to actually nurture that journey. Um, and I think that's why it's important to look at that pipeline because it's not just 
often what will happen is I find I'm talking, I feel like it's becoming a very negative conversation. People come to me with these all sorts of problems, but what happens is we have this happen where like a client will come, a prospect will come to us and say, I want you to run my AdWords. Okay, great. But at what point of the pipeline is this happening? What are we trying to achieve here? There's there's a lot of questions that come around why. So they, I guess the point I'm trying to make is they come to us with the tactic rather than the actual strategy. Indeed, yes. So you've got to think about what's the strategy in terms of what you're trying to achieve. Then you 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 pull in the tactics that you will use to achieve to get that result. Um, okay. So, so so as a business owner, um, I've, obviously I've got this agency in front of me. And so what are the bits? Because that, that's quite a complicated um, yeah, it is. piece that I'm going to ask them about, you know, how what, what's the kind of customer journey going to take on? So how are we going to go from from um, from awareness through to actually then making my phone ring uh, yeah. or an email pinging and all of a sudden I've got this lead coming in. But so what what are we looking for? Because obviously they wouldn't necessarily understand all of the deep detail within it. So what are the kind of what are the key things they're looking for within that answer? I think what they're looking for is that the agency is breaking it down to that level of detail. Okay. I think that's the, the depth of that detail they're going to start talking about. And I suppose then it's a more as a gut feel about, are they just saying this stuff or do they actually really passionately get it and, and really kind of understand it? Yeah. And I suppose if, you know, if you've got somebody talking you through this, other, this current client that they're actually running this process for, that's a prime opportunity, I think, to draw for the agency to actually pull point and say, this, these are the successes, this is what's happened here. Or actually, initially in this pipeline, what we had was this particular tactic. That actually wasn't working. So we switched that out to this other tactic. And actually what happened was this scaled from here to here. And okay. I think that's you're able to get a little bit into the nitty-gritty, I suppose. So, so it's actually then part of it, in, and perhaps some of the smarter bit, we've actually been asking the challenges they had in that conversion process and how they overcome them. Completely, because, yeah. Because it's not all butterflies and roses, is it? You know, it, it's, no. it's all this stuff is going to, it's never going to go right. And, and as I understand it, one of the key things in marketing is is testing. Yeah, and, and testing, exactly. And I think you, you kind of alluded to it at the beginning of this conversation where you said, you know, unfortunately, a lot of agencies or marketing people have, you know, use all these acronyms and use this jargon. People don't really understand what they're looking for. And a part of it, I think, as an agency's job is to educate the business that you're going to work with to understanding the process. Because yeah. um, it would be very easy, for example, for me to say, oh, Adrian, you want some Google ads? No problem. I'll run those Google ads for you. But then your expectation is you're going to get lead, you're going to get leads and sales. But actually, I can come back to you and say, well, Adrian, you only hired us to do the AdWords. What about your on-site journey experience? What happens when they land on this website? Oh, this page is now the link to this page is broken. Um, you've captured the lead, but you've got no email funnel. There's a lot of holes in your bucket. <laughs> so um, I think by demonstrating that journey, um, you know you as a business can see, okay, this is how this agency is thinking about this. But equally, it's an opportunity for the agency to say, do you realize this is the pipeline? And have you thought about all the elements that need to be included? Um, and maybe you have, maybe you haven't. And this is the way that it works, right? It's figuring out, is this a good partnership? Because perhaps you do have internal resources to fill the rest of the pipeline, which is absolutely fine. Um, but it's been on the same page, I guess, in terms of what the expectations are. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Okay, so we've got um, the fact they've done the customer journey. We've got the kind of target market. Target market. They understand that. The avatar yep. that they've kind of gone through that. So, what's then the kind of the 
a third one? What's the next one? Well, I think a third thing to ask is always around measurement of success and the reporting process, um, because how are you going to be fed back the information, right? Is this something that every month there's an in-person meeting and this is the data they're going to be presenting, or is this a quarterly presentation, um, or are they expected to go and look at the results for themselves? I think it's just very important to be clear on how will this marketing campaign be reported, what are the metrics that will be tracked? And actually, how do we know this is going to be a success? Um, and again, this is a two-way conversation. Um, yeah. You definitely don't want your agency dictating what that should look like for you. Um, but they should also be able to give you some good predictions in terms of what the possibilities are um, for you to be able to hold them accountable to that. Um, so for example, you know, it's important to put, I guess, some KPIs in. So I was thinking about this a little bit earlier in terms of a campaign. Let's say a client wants to run a lead generation and conversion campaign. So their objective would be something like through content marketing and and partnership to attract quality leads that convert to opportunities. Great. But that's nothing tangible, right? So that's the goal. That's the objective. But you need some tangible metrics to actually measure. So the first KPI might be something like to increase leads by 35% to a total of 210 per month. The second KPI might be increased lead opportunity conversion from 6% to 8%. So there's a real tangible metric there to actually track. Um, And I guess it's important at this point to stress that they do need to be realistic, uh, but I think that's the agency's job to work with you as the business to, to give you something that is achievable um, but does stretch you a little bit so that they're actually put to work, you know? Yeah, indeed, indeed. Okay. So what I want to do now, I want to turn the screws down a bit more and I want to put you back on the other side of the, of the table, if you like, as the agency. Um, and I want to look at some, what are some of the real awkward questions that you wouldn't actually want to be questions? So what are the <laughs> ones that make you squirm a bit in your seat? You go, oh, yeah. she had not asked me that one. <laughs> okay. Great. Throw them at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, well what, are, what, are, what are the ones as an agency oh, then? You're so asking we, me. We're now going to turn you, turn you yeah, into okay. a poacher again. And what are the questions <laughs> that, you know, the gamekeeper's got the by the scruff of the neck and he's going to ask you yeah. that question. What's the question that, or a couple of questions you wouldn't want to be asked? So I think, um, I guess it's a two-parallel thing. One is, I guess, maybe asking a question around the versatility of your skills. So how versatile is the agency's skill set, really? Um, and is there a, do you have a mix of employees versus contractors? This always makes me awkward, and I don't know why, because there's nothing wrong with working with contractors. <laughs> but um, I think it's an important question for businesses to ask agencies because you do want to understand where are the limits. You know, is this, as yeah. you mentioned earlier, like is this a one-trick pony that can only run AdWords, or is this a Swiss Army knife that can actually fill every part of the pipeline? So, um, and this isn't about, it needs to be a Swiss army knife because for example, you might only need one part of your pipeline filled. And if they're, that is the one thing they do and they do it really well. And that's all you need. Fantastic. But the question is about understanding what, what, how the agency is made up. Right. So, um, employees versus contractors, how many people are in staff, you know, there every single day and how much of it is being outsourced. Um, I find it uncomfortable because I 
for some reason that maybe this is a personal limitation, but I feel like people are like, oh, if it's a contractor, it feels risky, which I find hilarious when I think about it, because actually I've got contractors that I've worked with for eight or nine years, whereas I'd say the average lifetime of a staff member is probably three. So in some ways, my contractors have lasted longer than employees, <laughs> but for whatever reason. Well, I suppose it is, it's turning that question back on its head from when you talked about earlier about that bigger mistake that business owners make is that they try to think, they think they can employ a Swiss army knife that can do right. all these wonderful things as a single employee. And that just isn't possible now. Yeah, right. Now, equally, the must, same must be the same. If you go to an agency and they say, oh, yeah, there's five of us, we can do all this stuff. Yeah. What, and you don't use any contractors? Oh, no, no, no. We know all we need to know. We can do all these five things. And we can do everything for you, whether it's Amazon, eBay, AdWords, um, Facebook ads, uh, copywriting, yeah. design, website stuff. You know, we can do all this stuff. We're going, oh, right. wait a minute. That doesn't yeah. seem, because, you know. Well, again, you've only got five people, probably people. not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so exactly. So it's kind of thinking, okay, what? Are, how versatile is the agency? I mean, if, if if they can sit there and say, you know, we've got a web designer, we've got a web developer, we've got way of hosting the platform, we've got a graphic designer and a branding consultant, we've got a digital inbound marketing strategist, we've got a video editor, we've got copywriters, We've got SEO technicians. We've got a sales strategist. Um, we've got someone that can do all your GTM or metrics, understanding your reporting. Then I think you're you're sort of well covered, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But you're looking for where are their holes, and it's absolutely fine that there are holes, but you just need to be aware of where they are. And is that a risk that's worth it for you? You don't need you don't need those pieces filled, or is there another partnership you need to look at? To, to fill the holes basically indeed yeah but it's, it's kind of that coming back to that thing is are they trying to d- do it with you know two 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 fewer people and therefore they won't necessarily have the specialism and the dedication Correct. in each one of those bits because as you explained at the start yeah. the difference between having that inbound person and an agency is absolutely the cost may be the same um, yeah. but actually what you do is you get a multifaceted person by using the agency because actually you get all the different skill sets you through it and, that, yeah. and that's kind of the key to it because this stuff is I think it's the key, yeah. And I, it's tricky, right? Because also I think the argument that most people would make, which is the opposite of this, is that, well, with an internal person, I've got someone who's like, you know, on the team that is dedicated to my business and an agency has their attention diverted all over the place. Pers- I think it comes down to the agency because personally I don't agree with that. I very much infiltrate myself in a business. You know, it's very much about like this is a partnership. Don't hold us at arm's length. Like we need to get in there. Um, so I think it's just about finding the right fit for your business really. Yeah. And, yeah. and then where does kind of sector expertise come into it as well? Because that's kind of key part to it. It's just- yeah. How does that fit into it? Because I, as, as a business owner, I don't want to necessarily teach you about all of my products and stuff, but kind of, so I, you know, I don't want you to start from scratch because you do have to understand, have an understanding of it, can't you? You can't go out because yeah. you are you are going to be selling the company, albeit from that kind of um, that first kind of poor call, that first tier of selling. Where yeah. actually is that awareness and nurturing as you talk about, but you have to understand some of the product. Otherwise, you can't. How can you get copywriters to write this stuff if you don't yeah. have any understanding? Any, yeah, sector expertise. 
Absolutely. And that is always an awkward question for me as well, because I just think it feels like, oh, we have to demonstrate our, you know, entire skill set of how we're so perfect in this particular industry. Um, And again, I think there's two sides to this. I think one is that, yes, if an agency has experience in your industry, in your sector, that is going to add massive value because you don't have to do the education piece in terms of helping them to understand, um, you know, the ins and outs of your product or your offering or even your, your target audience. Um, I think the flip side to that is, are they also, are they working with competitors? So it's, it's about finding again, no right or wrong answer. And I kind of hate myself for saying this because it does depend. And I feel like that's the most annoying thing an agency owner can say to you, which is like, well, how long is a piece of string? And it, it depends on this and you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's unfortunately, it's, it's sort of true. It's that you want to you want almost to work with an agency that does have some experience and knowledge of your industry. Um, but perhaps not to the point where they're working with your direct competition. Yeah. <laughs> um, it depends. And it, again, it depends, right? It, 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 it depends how big a sector as well, isn't it? And that's the- Completely. Yeah. And also, you know, it doesn't matter. It depends who you're marketing to, because we've had examples in the past where uh, at one point we've had 92 clients on retainer that are all from the exact same industry, but wow. because they're location based and that their marketing is localized, the fact that I have a client in, Newcastle, Manchester, Glasgow, Edinburgh, you know, Bristol, Bournemouth, doesn't matter because they do the same thing. I can run essentially the same campaign for them, but they're not cannibalizing each other because they're specifically locally based, right? But, um, you know, if you're in a very niche industry where your competition is your competition, then, you know, you don't necessarily want the agency managing you both. (laughs) Okay, so I've got I've got one kind of final, um, and I know I know you're not going to like this question, uh, oh, but I'm going to throw it in because I know it I know it's going to be on the tips and the minds of every single business owner when they go into this stuff. Is how quickly am I getting any results? Yeah, I love it. I love that question, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it depends. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I it is a challenging one because it does depend on the business, right? And it depends on the infrastructure. Are you a startup? Have you been around for 35 years? There's a lot of um, variables, I think, in terms of getting results. I'd say with anything, like, you know, it does take, I would say, a good 12 weeks to get a campaign up and running successfully. So I think it's fair to say that results really are like that three to six month period. Not to say that you can't achieve them quicker. Of course you can, depending on the business, depending on the product, depending on the service, depending on the infrastructure, right? Uh, We've worked with businesses before where we're running, you know, campaigns paid. If you're doing paid advertising, you start seeing leads come in from the day you run those campaigns. Um, But if the infrastructure to support those leads isn't set up successfully, then actually it's a complete waste. So yeah, I don't know. How long is a piece of string? <laughs> I hate that answer, but it very much, I would say, you know, three months I think is reasonable. I think, um, you know, ditching an agency before the three month period is probably a bit too, um, too quick to do that. I think you need that period of time to actually get into it for them to do the research, to get the campaign set up, to get all the assets in place, to be testing, you know, there's so much testing that needs to be done. You definitely don't want to be ditching them after, you know, month one of not seeing a result. Um, Equally, you know, you do have to have those metrics in place that we spoke about earlier. You've got to have performance metrics, um, goals that you're trying to hit to be very clear on what the expectations are. Um, Because at some point, you know, if you're not getting the results you need, you do need to be able to pull the plug. 
Yeah, indeed. And I think you touched on it a couple of times through this as well. It is about a partnership. And um, if if you choose well and choose wisely in terms of that agency, you have got to work together on it. Um, Marketing, you know, is a very complicated beast these days. Um, you know, gone the days where you could do some, you know, nice, easy direct mail, you know, send some letters and postcards and stuff out, you know, and all of a sudden the phone starts ringing and it just doesn't happen like that now. Consumer behaviours changed. Competition levels are so much uh, higher now as well. You know, particularly pretty much your products and services, whatever it is you're selling, you've got masses of competition around it. So the customer's got so much choice that they've never had before. So yeah. it's you have to do something a bit more long-term with them. You have to have a bit more of a long-term view of it, and particularly that, that partnership view as well. I think yeah. he's so key um, in it. It's just making sure you've, you're you partnering with the right partner, isn't it? I think that's that's key yeah, to yeah. have the trust. I think that's it. And I think, you know, it takes as many meetings as it takes for you as a business too, I think. Don't be put off or pressurised by an agency that's trying to get you over the line really quickly. I think, you know, yeah. we as most business owners are pretty intelligent people and they, you know, with your gut, whether it's a good fit. Right. And I think the best, the best piece of advice, I guess, on both sides, agency side and also business side is if there's a, a little niggle that something's not quite right or worried about something, put it on the table, just have a conversation about it because sometimes it can be put to bed and it's not an issue. And sometimes yeah. it's actually, you know, you know what, this is not a good fit for either of us. And that's, that's no problem either. You know, um, I think just don't go into things blind, I guess. You want to be asking, these are really good questions. You want to be asking them um, to give you that level of comfort that you feel confident that they're going to achieve the results that you need. Excellent. Brilliant stuff. I, I can't thank you enough for your time, um, Stace. It's been absolutely wonderful. Um, how oh. can we find more about you? How can people engage more with you uh, as a result of seeing you on here? What, 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 how can they get in contact? Yeah, the best way to get in contact with me is probably LinkedIn. Um, so I'm on LinkedIn, Stacey Keogh, K-E-H-O-E, um, or my website, brandlective.com. Fantastic. And I'll put the links on the program notes and stuff as well so they can uh, contact you and, and uh, yeah, linked up with you and stuff. And we're also part of B1G1 together, aren't we? That's We that's are, cool. yes. Business is for good. Yeah, fantastic. I know you've been involved in for quite a long time now. Yeah, it's coming up three years, I think. Um, We actually um, initiated a campaign back in 2017, which is called One Million Days. Um, And we have a goal which is aligned with the 2030 United Nations Sustainability Goals to give one million days of impact by 2030. So that's things like human rights workers' wages, access to clean drinking water, access to education, um, businesswomen training days, et cetera. Um, I think we're a little over 150,000 at this point. So we've got about nine years to do the rest, which is, yeah, it's really exciting. I love it. Wow. Fantastic. Well, you will be pleased to know that as part of uh, people watching this, uh, is that every time that uh, somebody downloads or watches one of our podcasts or YouTube shows, uh, that we actually do a day's worth of training to uh, an entrepreneurial woman. Um, oh, so that's we're very aligned in terms of our, yeah, uh, our business with good here as well. So that's fantastic. Yeah, that's fantastic. Oh, thank you, Adrian, for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Stacey, and I look forward to speaking again soon. Yeah, sounds great. So that was Stacey Kehoe from Brand Elective Communications, the marketing agency in London. Um, really great value out of that. And I'm, I'm hoping that you've got lots of value out of that uh, and uh, will help you in your businesses. There is a couple of other things. Um, she also does a fantastic guide. 
It's the seven marketing mistakes you are probably making and how to avoid them. I will put the link to that uh, in the program notes. I'll also put a link to her book, The Get Online, uh, which is the six simple steps to launch a digital marketing strategy for the non-tech savvy. Again, it's a really great read. Um, I've read the book. It's really, really good. Uh, and you'll get to know and love uh, Stacey as much as, as much as I do because she's a wonderful, wonderful person. So once again, thank you ever so much for listening to Love Your Business TV. If you want to catch up on the previous shows, you can do so on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google, and all the usual platforms and stuff. And remember, when you do listen to our, one of our podcasts, every time you do, we use that power of good to inspire another ambitious entrepreneur to build a successful business. And we provide a day's training to an entrepreneur uh, to do just that. So once again, thank you ever so much. And I look forward to speaking to you again very, very soon. Love your business TV. Thank you. Join us next week and don't forget to subscribe.